But I want you to turn to two passages of Scripture this morning. Turn to Philippians and turn to uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9. And we continue to talk about uh, the, uh, the giving God's way. We've been over the, over the past few months, uh, focusing on our fourfold purpose as a church family. And that is this. We're called to what? Gather. I'm telling you, it's important to be, to link together and gather together with the family of faith and build relationships and, and be a family. You see, uh, I just take Randy and Emmy, for example. They are family. Uh, they're literal family for some, but they're our family. And it's so important. We're better together. We need one another. We're called to gather. We're called to grow. Spiritual growth is imperative. If you're not growing spiritually, you're dying spiritually. So it's important to be involved in a spiritual growth plan. And that's what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights and Sundays throughout the year, growing spiritually. And actually I did a series, Growing God's Way. Uh, and so looked at the fruit of the Spirit. We're called to gather. We're called to grow. We're called to give. And we're called to what? Go. We're going to begin the new year uh, talking about the, the call to go. Paul said this. He said, do the work of an evangelist. Now, I was thinking about that this morning, and I'll get into our, our context here in just a moment, but I just want you to know where we're, where we're headed. Uh, Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. Timothy was not a, an evangelist. And for people who don't have a grace as an evangelist, it's work and effort. And so we're going to begin the new year, <coughs> pardon me, uh, uh, oh, doing some spiritual work and effort and energy to be the evangelist that God wants us to be here in Southeast Texas. But right now we're in the middle of this little mini series, four part series called Giving God's Way. Last week we looked at the right motive. And there was a lot of great biblical motives to give. How many of you know you got to give? And, and really everything we do as a believer has to be with the right motives, right? You know, if you come to church for the wrong motives, that's no good. If you, if you, uh, you know, uh, you got to have the right motive. I'll never forget a friend of mine said, you know why I love my wife? Now this was his, he was kind of joking. I said, well, um, no, he said, cause the Bible commands me to. Well, that was his motive. He's obeying the word of the Lord. And, and that's right. There's all kinds of different motives. But as, as givers, not just of our, our, of our stuff, but of our lives. And we're going to see that here in just a little bit. As, as people who, who give, we reflect the character and the nature of Christ. We've got to have the right motives. And so that was last week. Now, today, we're going to look at the right mindset, okay? Uh, and so uh, we've got to get our thinking straight. I want to kind of give you a little history uh, about Philippians and then, if, uh, pardon me, in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Paul, if you're in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, I want to show you this very, everybody say very important, very important passage in chapter 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of where? Everybody say Macedonia. So here we find Paul the Apostle talking to the church in Corinth about these churches in Macedonia. Now, chapters 8 and 9, he's just talking to them about these churches in, Ma these church in Macedonia that are just giving so wonderfully, okay? 
and that church primarily is the church in Philippi. So go back to, go to Philippians. If you're in Philippians, uh, I want to show you this again. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Look, oh, down to verse 14 of chapter 4. Because Philippians primarily is a thank you letter to the Philippian church for their generosity in giving. Okay? If you're still with me, say amen. So, 2 Corinthians 8, Paul is commending the church and churches in Philippi, but he's using them as an example of how you are to give and the right motive and the right mindset that you should have in giving. And then, so you go over to Philippi, it's a thank you letter. And he says this in verse 15, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from where? No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. I love that. He's saying, man, it's not about me. I'm just telling you, you got a hold of something that when you get a hold of this, this, this grace of giving, as we talked about last week, uh, it abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all in abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma and an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And then he says this, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so... Here's what I want you to see this morning, especially in this book of Philippians. He's sharing with them uh, his, his gratitude for their sacrificial gift. But he, he's teaching them a lot of things. But we want to talk this morning about the mindset of giving and how this church of Philippi had not only the right motive, but the right mindset. Let me show you where they got it from. Look in Philippians chapter 2. Uh, verse, oh, let's begin in verse 5. Are you with me? Say amen. Here we go. He said, let this mind, he's talking to the church in Philippi, who was a very generous church, so much so that Paul used them as an example and a role model for the Corinthian church. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of what? The point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name Uh, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and of those in heaven and those in earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, uh, what's he talking about? The the heart and mindset of Jesus Christ. He said, you you guys, in fact, if you read this in the Greek, he said, let this mind be in you. He's really saying, let this mind stay in you. Let it, let it, let it set up residence in your heart. He already knew they had a heart of giving and they were modeling the character and the nature of Christ because the heart of God and the mind of Jesus Christ, he said, he didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. He made himself of no reputation 
took the form of a bondservant. He came and what did he do? He gave his life. Jesus Christ was the ultimate giver. He gave his life so we could have what? Life. And so he said, let this mind be in you. And then he commends this church in Philippi that they actually in reality had the mind of Christ when it comes to giving. Because they gave in so many godly ways. And the first one is this. Let me show you their mindset. They gave, number one, selflessly. They gave without regard to self. And let me say, if this is the only point you get today, this is where it begins. Because if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, go back over there. Look what it says about them. It says this, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, it says this, and not only as we had hoped, in other words, they, they, they had given, not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Now, look at that. Let's read this together. Everyone together. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 5. But they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Let me tell you, that's a great process right there. And if you're going to give like Christ wants you to give, because we're called to give, and if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to say he's your Lord and leader, guess what? He's the ultimate giver. How many of you know uh, He's he gives us all good things to enjoy? He wants to continue to give and bless and, and strengthen us. Uh, but guess what? He's a giver. Amen. And to embrace his heart and embrace his mindset, we've got to embrace this salt. This church in Philippi, here's what he says about them. They first gave themselves to God. They surrendered their life to his control, not only their lives. And we say that he's, we sing, for he is Lord. And then as my subline to this series, we, we live a life of, of stingy, get all I can and can the rest kind of mindset. Because if he's Lord of all, guess what? It's not about us. It's about him and what he wants us to do. They first gave themselves to the Lord. In other words, they just were surrendered. To they surrendered their lives, their minds, their thoughts, their heart, their stuff. Everything they have belonged to him. And then I love the second part because once you get that down pretty good, then you can do this part. Then they surrendered not only themselves to the Lord, but to us. He said, they submitted and surrendered themselves to the governance, not only of God, but the leadership of the local church. And they gave themselves not only to God, but to us. They said, here, we're just servants in this thing and all this stuff that we have however little it may be it all belongs to God how many of you know we're just stewards of his stuff that's really true it's all it all belongs to him look at somebody and tell tell him uh, hey Lord Beth tell Rhett Daniel it all belongs to God it all belongs to him everybody it all belongs to God amen <laughs> And so they gave themselves selflessly to God. That's the mindset that all of us need in our hearts and lives. I'm, it's, I'm not going to be selfish. I'm going to be selfless. Amen. We're in what we call the season of giving already. If you don't believe it, go to Walmart. I mean, it's everywhere. Christmas is already everywhere. 
I mean, we slip right past even, not that I celebrate Halloween, slip past Halloween and Thanksgiving right on into Christmas. Man, we just blew right into Christmas. And so it's the season of giving. But listen, if you're a believer, every day is a season of giving. So they gave, their mindset is not about us. They gave of themselves to the Lord and to the, and to the ministry of the local church. They were selfless. Number two, they gave worshipfully. Their mindset was, and I'll show you this in a couple of places, their mindset was that this giving is really a, a, a blessing to God. It blesses God when we give. In fact, Philippians uh, says this about the, their giving heart. Paul defines it a, a little bit for them. He says this, they gave, look in verse 18. They have all in abound and am full, he said. I've received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. He's using Old Testament insight or, or types and shadows to, to reveal the real nature of their gift. Because when you, in the Old Testament, sacrifices and altars and incense were all signs of a worshiping heart that we're, that's is how they worshiped God. They, they offered to Him sacrifices. And in fact, the Bible says, we bring the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our what? Lips that give praise to your name. And so their gift was not only selfless, but it was an act of worship to God. And understand something today. So many times we get in the methodology and just the, 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 the mode of giving and we just do it because, you know, it's cause the Bible tells us to, kind of like the man with his wife. But listen, I'm telling you, it'll change the way we live if we'll take out an offering, take out our offering and our gifts and our tithes. And even as we're writing them out, even as we're prepping to give, some of you give online that you would just pause and you would say, you know, today I give this as an act of worship to you, God, and I honor you. That's what Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord, bless the Lord, worship the Lord with your gifts and your tithes and your giving. It's an act. Hey, hey this Philippian church, their mindset, when we give, we're honoring God. Amen. And because I don't have my notes and I can't quote Psalm 96, let me go over there and do it for you quickly. Psalm 96, here it is. It says basically this verse, oh, what is that? Psalm 96, what? Help me back out. <laughs> Psalm 96, say it out loud. Seven, give to the Lord. Here it is. O families of the peoples, give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering. And come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Wow. You see, that's the way we need to train our brain to think. I'm going to give selflessly and I'm going to give worshipfully. And my offerings are acts of worship to God. Amen. We worship him with our gifts. And so the church in Philippi, they had the right mindset, just like Jesus had the right mindset. They gave selflessly. They gave uh, um, uh, with a heart of, of just total release to God. And then number three, they gave sacrificially. They were sacrificial in their giving. Let me see that Philippians 4.18. It says a sweet-smelling aroma, as I read, an acceptable what? Sacrifice. 
has anybody ever had to sacrifice anything? You know, a little bit, most of us probably in America, we've not really, you know, we sacrifice and we give up. How many of you know that's sacrificial? It's not just, it's not, we think, hey, they sacrificed animals, but let me tell you something. You know what they were giving up when they sacrificed an animal? Money and resources. It was a sacrifice. And so they gave sacrificially. In fact, I think uh, uh, in Second Corinthians, it talks about their, their, their sacrifice. Second Corinthians 8, look in verse 3. Look what it says right here. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. You see, we look at our resources and we say, well, I can't do that. Well, according to them, according to Paul, according to what he saw, they had an ability and they gave beyond their ability. I'm telling you, that's a sacrifice. And let me just say this, and I'm not trying to... How many of you know, uh, Jesus talked more about money and resources than he did heaven and hell combined. Did you know that? Because he knows if you if he's Lord of your stuff, he, he's Lord of your life. And so he talked more about money and resources. So I, I, I make no apology today. I'm not trying to raise an offering today, but I am trying to raise up people who understand that the mindset of God is for us to be generous, sacrificial givers and realize that none of it belongs to us. And so if I can do that as your pastor, if I can walk away going, man, I got a church filled with people who understand what the Bible says about giving and they've embraced not only the, the motive, but the mindset of giving and that it's an act of selfless, uh, uh, we give selflessly, we give worshipfully, and we give sacrificially. Here's what I'm leading up to. I think all of us need to test ourselves along these lines somewhere and just be willing to give it up somewhere at some point. And and, and I'm talking to myself. What do I need to do that whatever I gave would be a sacrifice? Where God would look down, and you know what he said about the Philippians? That pleases me. That pleases me. And I want to encourage us somewhere, some way, to begin to step into that mindset. I'm going to be willing to sacrifice. I already have something in my mind. I've already, and I've been, you know what? And I've been struggling with it. You know why I've been struggling with it? Because it's a sacrifice. You know, some things aren't a sacrifice. Hey, if you got, if you got two blenders, oh, you can have one. You kind of got to hold the butt down a little bit because it's, but you can have it. Not a sacrifice. Should I give some more illustrations? No. Okay. So they gave sacrificially and I want to encourage us all. To begin to embrace that mindset that it, there are times in life when God calls us to a place of sacrificial giving. In fact, if you read much of, uh, of Robert Morris, if you've read his book, The Blessed Life, he talks about extravagant giving, giving way beyond. And, and over his life, and if there's ever been a blessed preacher, it's him. Uh, now, he did have a heart attack, nearly died. Uh, but uh, so I don't know how... He may not be free from stress, but, uh, man, he's a giver. He's given cars and lands and things away. He gives very sacrificially. Uh, uh, and, and so we need to embrace that mindset. Number four, the church in Philippi gave willingly. Philippians chapter 8, verse 3. 
they were freely willing. They were, uh, is it, yeah, Philippians 8.3. That's not right. That, Philippians, that must be Corinthians. Yeah, Second Corinthians, that's my typo right there. They, they gave freely and they were willing. They were willing givers. In fact, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says we don't give grudgingly. And if you've ever come, if you ever get your offering, oh, here comes that preacher again. He's after my money. Let me just say, there are people who are after your money, <laughs> but I'm not one of them. But let me tell you something, it's not your money in the first place. It's not my money. It's his money. Right? And what, and in fact, what, what did uh, Job say when he lost it all? And Job was doing everything that from, from a biblical standpoint, man, he was right on. He was doing it all right. And you know what? He lost it all. And what did he say? The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He worshiped the God. He worshiped God in the good times. He worshiped God in the lean times. He was willing. His heart was submitted to God. And that's the way our hearts have to be. They gave willingly. They were, they were, they, they gave, uh, uh, joyfully and they weren't, they weren't grudging in their gift. Paul saw that. It was the heart of God. God so what the world that he gave. Man, I'm telling you, he was freely willing. In fact, if you go back to the Old Testament, and I love this, Exodus 35 uh, uh, talks about the free will offering. And in the Old Testament, there were different kinds of sacrifices and different kinds of offerings and things that they were required to do. But there was what the I love this. The Bible calls a free will offering. It was something that you people did of their own. Free will. There you got it. Okay. And, and they didn't give, it was a willing, generous gift. And, and in fact, when you study it, it's almost like a spontaneous thing, uh, that, hey, I, I know I give my tithe. I know I'm, I'm helping out the kids in Haiti. And I know I'm doing this and that. But all of a sudden, somebody told me about, uh, sister so and so whose transmission went out on her car. Man, I want to help. Anybody's transmission go out on your car today? That wasn't prophetic. It was an illustration. But you understand, it's a free will offering. They gave willingly. They were freely willing. Man, I'm telling you, that's where a lot of us, myself included, uh, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta embrace this mindset. They gave willingly of their own free will. And then number five, they gave generously. I heard someone say, in fact, I'm going to tell you a story. Beverly and I were years ago in a missions, a, a, a church conference. It was kind of missions oriented. And uh, Larry Myers, who, by the way, will be here with us, Larry and Mary, in February for our second annual Agua Resources Banquet. And you need to be here for that. Everyone say February 28th. You got to be, that's where you're going to be, right here. You get a free meal and you get to meet Larry and Mary. Well, Larry was sitting on the front row of this big church, and he was a mission, he's a missionary, of course. And Jesse DePlantis was the guest speaker. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant. He's pretty funny. Uh, that's not the point. And um, uh, they took up an offering for the guest speaker. And so I took out 
what I thought was an okay offering. It wasn't real generous, but I thought, hey, that'll, that'll work. And I had it in my hand. And as they were about to pass the buckets, Jesse Duplantis stood up. And, he, and there's probably a thousand people in there. I do the math. If everybody gives what I gave and some people give more, this is going to be a good offering. I mean, I just the way I think. And Jesse jumped up. He said, wait a minute, for y'all, for you, before you give today, the Lord just spoke to me that whatever you give today, I'm going to give to this missionary right here on the front row. And he pointed to Larry Meyer. That man gave up probably $20,000. And I looked at that and I went, okay. I put the little one in and I got the big one. I put the little bill in and I got the big one. I thought, if he's willing to do that, I can move from a 20 to a 50 or from a 20 to a 100. If he just gave up and gave it to not only, he gave it to my friend. I'm, he taught me, Jesse Duplantis taught me that, hey, a lot of times if you're going to be generous, you don't have to pray about it. They gave generously. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap what? But he who sows bountifully will also reap what? Bountifully. There is a principle of sowing and reaping that we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. But what he's saying here is this church, they, they were not stingy. That's why we'll break the spirit of stingy off our line, uh, and, and give in a way that is sacrificial from time to time and generous. And, and myself included, I'm not always the most generous guy. When I, how many of the old school you were raised with 10% tip? How many of you know 10% is almost an offense now, right? But I have a hard time getting that out of my head, okay? And even when I maybe I don't get great service, sometimes I just say, okay, I'm just, I'm going to be generous here. I choose to be generous. I, and, and I have to battle that. Well, they didn't really earn it. No, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, Beverly and I, we were at a, uh, at a restaurant along with, it was Brent's birthday. Uh, and uh, our waitress was doing such a great job. I told her, I said, come here. She said, what? I said, don't tell anybody. I just want you to know this. You don't have to go bragging. But you're the best waitress in this restaurant. And she said, oh, no, I'm not. I said, no, ma'am, yes, you are. I've been here. I come here probably twice a week. You're the best one here. Now, you don't have to go bragging, but tonight when you lay your little head down, at, uh, at, when, tonight you can just go, there's a guy who thinks I'm the best one in the, in the whole world. And she was. And, I, and, I, and my wife had the money. And I know she's always more generous than I am, so she starts figuring it out. And we bless. We gotta be generous. Do you think God would ever look down and say to you, if you got the right motivation, because we talked about that, He would look down and say, Oh, you're giving way too much. I know I gave my only son, but you, boy, that 50 bucks is way too much. You just give him too much out there. He ain't going to say that, is he? Wow. So they gave generously. They were generous givers. And, it, and it's a, and we'll talk about this. The, not Next Sunday, we're going to talk about methodology of giving. There's different ways and means we give. And then the final one is the miracle of giving that we'll talk about later. And that's this principle of sowing and reaping. 
And finally, this church, I love this one. You're going to have fun with this. They gave cheerfully, not grudgingly. The church in Philippi gave cheerfully. And if you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, after he said, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity or compulsion. In other words, don't ever feel like somebody's trying to squeeze it out of you. God's not trying to get your stuff. Let me tell you what God's trying to do. He's not trying to get your stuff. He's trying to get his stuff to you. Did you catch that with me? Because let me, let me, before I get to cheerful, let me just jump down. Look in verse 10. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food and supply, let me start over. May, now may he, big H, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your, inright, your righteousness, which you, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. You know what he's saying? Man, what I'm trying to get you to, to the place is, and this is the miracle of it all that we'll talk about. I'm trying not to get your stuff from you. I'm trying to get my stuff to you so I can entrust more to you so you can give more to others who need my stuff. So they can then give more to others. And that's the miracle of supernatural reproduction. If you, uh, if you sow uh, sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you sow generously and, 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 and graciously, that's the kind of harvest he's trying to get his stuff to you. Amen. Now, he said this. Don't. Give grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Everybody smile. That word is way more than a smile. Amen. It means hilarious giver. That's what the word means. I've never been in a church service that I know of where when the offering was passed, people just broke out, busted out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Patsy might get it here in a minute. She, she's giggling. God loves someone who has gotten way past this stingy gut mindset and they give with a, with a heart of hilarity that just makes them so happy that they can't not just smile. They just, <laughs> glory to God. And I think that causes us all to look not only at the motives, but the mindset. It's a, ha it's a happy thing. What's the old saying? Uh, there's two things that are certain in life. I remember it. Death and what? Taxes. You say, well, how do you get to that point? Well, how many of you, when you pay your taxes... It's not a happy experience. You look, man, I paid. I don't know what tax bracket you're in. I have a friend of mine, OMG, we were talking. He paid $900,000 in taxes to the government. And in my mind, you know what rose up in me? Oh, man, that's... You know, then I began to realize I got the wrong mindset. 
How many of you would like to move to another tax bracket? Because what did that just mean? You just made more money. Are you with me? It's a different way of thinking. Okay. And so that's what I'm talking about here today. Hey, man, I know on anybody's day of the week to write that big $900,000 check would be a challenge, but ooh, I'd love to be tested on that one, wouldn't you? Oh, man, I owe the government $900,000. What did that mean? You made a whole lot of money. God blessed you. It's the way we think. Challenging our mindset. And so today, as we close, we got plenty of time. Y'all will probably say, man, he needs to leave his notes at home more often. <laughs> I did pretty good for not having anything on the page. Thank you, Michelle. We've got to get our thinking straight. And then some of us, let me just say, some of us got stinking thinking when it comes to giving. And let me just say, just because somebody manipulated you to give one time and it wasn't God, you can't let that keep you from being generous and being a giver. Just because somebody used you and abused you, and it happens. In fact, the Scripture talks about sowing. You know, when I think of sowing, I think of popping a line and planting a garden, one seed here, one seed there. The Bible talks about just scattering. Well, that doesn't sound very wise. The Bible says the more you scatter, the more you... You increase. And how many of you know some seed, just like the Word of God, doesn't seem to do much, but some seed takes up root. And I'm convinced of this. Then when you develop the motive, the right motive and the right mindset about giving, and it begins to become a lifestyle for you, there are things that happen years later that are the result of what you sowed years before. Being as I have time, I can tell a story. Beverly and I, when we first moved to Quitman, Texas, many years ago, we ended up buying a piece of property on the lake. And I built a house, and 10 foot from my garage was all this open pasture that had the potential of of someone purchasing, and we knew at some point someone would purchase that, and we had great concerns, but no capacity other than prayer and faithfulness to God about what would end up next door to us. And so my wife, more so than I, she would pray, and we'd be there in the early days. We would just pray over whoever would come and that you'd protect us, take care of us, and I actually had told the people who owned the property that I would like, if, if, if it ever was sold, I'd like a first right of refusal for it. And I did have that, but it when you, you can have a first right of refusal, but it doesn't do you any good if you don't have any money. <laughs> so back then we had no money. Gosh, 20-something years later, a series of events transpired that a friend of my son who went to church with him was looking for some land on Lake Fork. My son, Nathan, who was in Dallas at the time, told him about our house and the land next to us. They came out and fell in love with this property and became our good friends. We're God good. Today, he's building 
this is his lake house. This is not his primary residence. Probably a half a million dollar home next to me. And you know what happened to my the value of my house? I said, you're my friend. <laughs> and when he first bought the land, I told him, I, he said, well, you want to buy some of this from me? I said, I'd love to. Didn't have any money. He didn't know that. But I just needed a little piece. And he came back about oh, two or three months later and said, Sam, my wife and I, we want to give this to you. I said, no, you don't need to give it to me because now you're my neighbor and it doesn't matter because I know you're going to take. He said, Sam, one day I'm going to die, you're going to die, and our kids are going to be figuring out who they're going to sell this to. And your kids need a little security. He said, this is not costing me anything. I just want to give it to you. You know what that is? That's the result of seeds that were sown 20 years ago. Amen. And so today, we've got to get the right mindset about this. Some people think that you put a seed in the ground and the next day you got fruit. No, it's a lifestyle. Amen. We're called to give. That's who we are. Let's stand together. Father, thank you today that you gave the ultimate gift in your son Jesus. Let us have that same mind of giving that you have for us and that the Philippian church had for Paul and the future and the kingdom of God around the world. Lord, even as we give to these little children in Haiti, may it stir something within us. As we give next week to the people of Mexico, may it stir greater levels of generosity and worship in our hearts, selfless, sacrificial, and cheerful, hilarious giving. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to offer, I, don't, I know not the hearts of men, only God knows, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you have a question mark in your heart about your eternity, God so loved you that He gave His Son so you could be His child. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I just want to know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven, that He is my Lord and He lives on the inside. If that's you today, wherever you are, lift your hand. I want to pray for you right where you are, anyone. Amen. Father, we thank you for the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave. May we be great examples. May we be a church and a church family like the people of Philippi who trusted you and leaned not to their own understanding. In all their ways, they acknowledge you. You direct their paths and they honored you with their possessions, with the first fruits of all their increase. Let us be those people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.